Welcome to MVP, our new podcast for anyone that loves to learn new things. I'm Kate. And I'm Jack, and we both work at an online school, MVA. Like most educators, we are passionate about sharing knowledge. And love the sound of our own voices. Each week, we'll invite a special guest to join us for fun and engaging discussions on a wide range of topics, from careers advice to social issues. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of MVP. And we are treating you guys very well because we have another guest. So, Jack, would you like to introduce today's guest? We do. And I'm very excited for this guest because it's not just uh, an English teacher at the school, but also someone who is an artist and a published writer as well. It's uh, Karenji. Welcome to the podcast, Karenji. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I'm so excited to talk to you about all of this. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you as well because I um I am well, I used to be an English teacher. So, it's great to finally have an ally on the pod. You know, last week it was all about biology, biology, biology. Not that I wasn't interested in uh, the life cycle of an octopus, but I think poetry is probably much more my vibe. So, I'm excited for today's today's learnings. Brilliant. Oh, that's so great. Okay, pressure. <laughs> fellow English teacher, but I will try my best. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to be outnumbered here today being a scientist. Um, and so maybe fairly quiet for this podcast, but we'll see. I'll, I'll be learning a lot either way, I think. <laughs> so what what are we actually, what are you going to be teaching us about today, Karen G? So I'm going to be talking about performance poetry. So we spend a lot of time studying poetry in our English lessons, and it's always very text-based. So you're analysing a poem on the page, looking at the language. But what does it actually mean to turn that poem into a live performance? Um, And I know that there's quite a few students at Minerva that are into performance and, you know, theatrics too. So this might be interesting for them. So what what actually is sort of performance poetry and and why, how does it differ from the poetry that we all all know and and recognise? Yeah, so performance poetry goes back to the original beginnings of the poem, which is the idea that the poem is to be sung um, and it's meant to be accompanied by music, for example, or the voice um, articulates it in such a way that it sounds like a song. Um, So performance poetry is taking it back to those roots and thinking about how you use your voice, its tone, how you use stress to emphasise keywords, to bring musicality to the way that you speak. Um, That's one aspect of it. Another aspect which I'm particularly interested in is thinking about performance poetry in the context of theatre. So how you might use costume, how you might use choreography, position yourself on the the stage or wherever it is that you're reciting these words uh, to bring a bit of drama to the performance so it brings in lots of different aspects from other disciplines as well so music theater some performance poets work with art as well they might have a painting as the backdrop to their piece they might make a series of objects they perform with so it, it, I, I love it because as i love english i'm an english teacher but i'm also really interested in art film theater so it's a way to bring all your interests together it sounds say. so dynamic a lot more yeah. than maybe the sort of traditional student view of like, 
oh, I've got another poem I need to memorise. And, <laughs> That's right. You know, and I'm like underlining this word and this is a metaphor. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it just feels, even when you're talking about it, you're kind of, your eyes are lit up, excited by it. Um, yeah, so it's really inspiring. How, how did you, how, how did you first come to love this or, or sort of get involved with this sort of thing? I think it started from um, studying drama at school. So in, I studied drama up until um, year 10 um, and I just loved it. And the school that I was in, you, you couldn't, you had to pick either art or drama. I couldn't do the two strands together. So I then went down the art route, but I loved the performance side. So I just keep practicing on my own in my bedroom. So whenever we'd get set a poem in English, I would just practice reading it out loud, thinking of different ways that I could stress certain words. Um, I'd get cousins and friends to act as an audience. I mean, I'd bore them tirelessly. I, I, I think they had better things to do in their summer holidays. But just, yeah, I, I had a, a, little, a, a little group that I would perform to. So, yeah, it started from, yeah, when I was at secondary school. I suppose it's it's a really interesting way to look at a poem as well because it, it's uh, to me it, the words on the paper are very two dimensional. But if you're then performing it and like you say putting different stresses on different areas of it, it becomes more three D and actually probably tells the story of the poem that little bit better. Yes, that's right. Because often these poems they 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 especially the longer ones they're narrative poems. So the Year Nines at Minerva have been studying um, the Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. So that's oh, wow. a narrative poem. And we've been trying to turn that poem into a graphic novel. Um, and so I wonder if we were to turn that into a theatrical piece or a performance piece, what would we bring to it? Um, what would it enhance uh, with regards to the original text? There's so many possibilities. Um, and if you're creative, I think it's great as well. And even if you're not creative, it provides you with a structure to maybe try and explore um, other ways to approach language and, and poems that are normally quite static and still on the page. So does the writing pro process differ if you were writing sort of performance poetry versus or, or do all poets approach writing a poem in the same way and then it's just up to um, I suppose the the reader as to whether they want to just read and, and, and enjoy that in a sort of solitary way or if they want to perform it. Yeah, so I was, I'm interested in this as well. And I was reading up um, about poets such as Caroline Duffy, George the Poet, Benjamin Zephaniah. Um, mm -hmm. These poets also class themselves as performance poets, or they, they have been performing in those yeah. contexts. And they all say that they write the poem as it comes to them. So if they have, if they've been inspired by a particular situation, they'll just write as one would normally on paper, and I do the same. But then what we generally do is we return to that poem on the paper and we start to listen to it read aloud. I'll often record myself reading it and then I'll go back and I'll use colored pens and I'll start to create a little key. So I might have pink for when I want my voice or the volume of, of my voice to increase. I might have a blue for decreasing it. Um, I'll use punctuation marks, exclamation, commas, and the pauses really matter with performance poetry. So having space where you're quite silent so that you allow more impact for the words that come after it. So I'm almost treating it, and I know nothing about music. I'm not trained in music, but I, I know people that do write musical scores. 
and they'll go back and they'll put like little accents and yeah and squiggles I call them squiggles I'm yeah, sure yeah and then you've got like crescendo and yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great <laughs> so yeah. you, I go back in and put those yeah I saw so performances two. of um, Half Cast and Checking Out My History once. Oh. So I think it was when, I, perhaps it was when I was at school. Um, and just the the difference from reading a poem to yes. seeing that poet and, and you just kind of, it, yeah, it was almost intoxicating to observe this is how you're meant to feel with the poem rather than just you know these are the point they were being kind of it was it was really confronting um but those poems are confronting um and yeah yeah, it, it was it definitely brought such a different dimension to you know as I say in class highlighting you know um yeah it's uh that's right and I think you've raised something so important there it's about the impact it then has on the reader it's much more, I feel, impactful. You know, it stays with you. you. You're seeing somebody live or recorded. There's so many wonderful YouTube recordings um, of, of poets reading and performing their work um, and hearing the, the language and the stress um, being articulated in a particular way. Um, you, I can't stop thinking about the, the certain power that words hold if they are said in a specific way. Yeah. And, yeah. It makes me think of um, the comedian Tim Key, who writes a lot of poetry. Um, and he uses the rhythm. And, and so he'll obviously create the um, book version, but will perform it then live on stage. And it really comes to life there because he uses the rhythm of it and it puts a lot of thought into where the punchlines are coming and where yeah. to put certain pauses. So it's interesting to see it in that context as well. Um, so it's not sort of because the initial thing that I always think of when I think performance for poetry is uh, Shakespeare and, and sonnets and, yeah. and that sort of thing. But actually, it, you see it a lot in day to day life. I suppose I'm not going to see Tim Key every day, but um, it is in very much a modern world thing as well. It is. And you've got the whole slam poetry scene as well, which is um, influenced by urban rap. Um, and it's much more fast paced and it, it, it has a different rhythm of its own, a different momentum. Um, and yeah. And, and so that's another scene within the performance poetry world as well. <laughs> One of the things that I think is, is really in- I'd be interested to get is your take on how poetry and and particularly performance poetry might be might be able to have a wider impact on you know social change and our messaging Mm, yeah absolutely I I think um definitely with poets like for example Kay Tempest who's really big and who I'd recommend um students to to start with um they write poetry about um political and social issues that are affecting us today and there's a lot of poets concerned with like climate emergency Mm -hmm. and the impact that we're having on our environment and so their poems are really this rallying rallying call for us all to come together and take care of our planet Um, and so poems can be a form of of political protest as well. They can be a great way of releasing your feelings and emotions about any situation. It doesn't have to be what's going on in the public world, but could be what you're going through personally as well. Um, And if, if you feel able to, if you're able to share that with people, it creates this common group and this community is formed where we can come together and perhaps then start to have those conversations about how we might move forwards from this. 
yeah that's so that's um yeah that's really interesting now I, I kind of want to go go back a, a little bit because we've I, I know that you've had a really interesting career and you know you've been involved you, you you sort of mentioned that you you teach English but I think there's probably um a few more um strings to your boat like would you mind kind of sharing with us some of the some of the work that you've done and 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 perhaps talking us through that journey a little bit yeah, of course. But do stop me if I go on to. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut Not it all out in post. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, so I started off um, t- teaching English and I'm still doing that, which I love. Um, and that's what got me into poetry initially. Um, and then I've also done some teaching of art too over, over the years. Um, and I, I'm still carrying that on now. Um and outside of that, I've been trying to find space and time to write. So I've been producing lots of poems, but it's taken me, I mean, I started writing poetry seriously when I was 17 years old. And that's when I started to perform what I was writing as well. But it's taken me 17 years to finally get something published in print. So it's been a long old game. Wow. I don't think it takes people that long That's normally. That's patient. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was more, I just didn't think the work was good enough. And I, I had a lot of those obstacles to overcome and self-belief. And and then eventually, I, as I got more and more confident, I think the teaching really helped. So as I became mm-hmm. more confident as a teacher, I thought, oh, actually, I think these poems ha- might have something. And that's when I started to approach publishers. And then um, I've got two publications now and a third one that's out uh, later. It is 2023, isn't it? Yeah, later this year. (laughs) Uh, So that's great. And I I always think of it as as buses. You know, you have nothing and then suddenly you might get two or three turning up at the same time. Um, So that's how I'd sort of summarise my poetry career. Um, But the... Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) The other aspect is definitely the performance. And I've really been trying to push my performance. So I've performed at a lot of art galleries now um, because it crosses over because I make costumes that I perform in and I make objects to accompany my poems. It's it's fallen into this in between. It's not just libraries I'm reading in now. It's more galleries because they're interested in, in the objects and materials that I'm working with. Um, and so this year just yeah so last year at the end of last year I was performing at the Barbican Art Gallery in London which is really exciting because that's the biggest audience I've had mm-hmm. um, and I've also performed at um, the Arnold Feeney in Bristol um, in Edinburgh there's a, a fruit market gallery which is brilliant and I've been lucky enough to be invited there and then there's a couple of galleries in Paris which is really exciting and um, so nice. That was really, they were lovely trips, actually. And there's something about um, when I was in France, the audiences are very interested in what you've written and they come up to you. So it was, a, it was really nice to have lots of conversations about the work because sometimes audiences can be a bit shy and you leave the room at the end of the night and you think, oh, God, I don't know if that went down very well. I'm not sure anybody liked it. <laughs> I so, think a lot yeah. of people feel a little bit like, oh, I don't want to bother them. I don't want to bother them. Yeah. You know, they they probably, you know, they 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 don't want to be accosted after a performance. But actually, I suppose, you know, for you, it, the the whole purpose of this was to make an impact yes. and to um, inspire, challenge, you know, for this audience to enjoy what you've done. So, them coming up to you and saying and or asking questions or 
you know expressing how how they felt I imagine is a really positive thing and that kind of gives you that validation for that performance it, it does and, and when you're performing in school or at college or university or even in a writing group because there's lots of great uh, poetry writing groups out there as well um, you have an audience and they're an audience that are going to respond and give you some feedback so since I've left those worlds it's been hard sometimes to get the feedback and just to check that you're you know you're on the right track with this stuff and it is going down well so if there were any students who wanted to get into writing poetry, what would, their, what would be their first steps to do so? So the first thing I would say to students is to get hold of a journal or notebook and to jot down any experiences, moments, memories, encounters that they might have on a daily basis. I normally journal for about 10 or 15 minutes every day. So if I've been for a walk, for example, and I've overheard a conversation that I think, oh, I might turn that into a poem, um, I would uh, note it down. Um, or if I've seen something, so for example, I was in the park the other day and I saw a massive, beautiful helium balloon, and that became an image that I used in a poem. Um, so I, I would note that down as well. And then just really give it a go. Try to think about one thing. So for example, maybe it's an image and you want to base your poem around the image. Maybe you're really interested in music and rhyme and rhythm um, and you might want to play around with rhyming words and have them dictate your poem and the structure of your poem. Be creative, be playful, but most importantly, be fearless. There shouldn't be any fear with approaching poetry. So write yourself and trust that you're writing in a way that's very true to you and your style. And then I would turn to YouTube um, or any other online platform and have a look at some okay. of these performance poets that I've mentioned um, and see how they are articulating their work, both in written and verbal form too. So I, they would be my go-tos, first of all. Fantastic. And then um, should a student want to take what they've written and then go and perform it somewhere? Are there any places where they should look to first to, to see, if those, see where those opportunities might be? Absolutely. So if you have a look online for slam poetry events, they do lots aimed at students under 16 years and then they have 16 to 18. And these run international, internationally and nationally. Um, so it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Um, you can sign up to their newsletter and they will um, release um, dates for call outs, for submissions, for poems. Um, they will have... Um, writing groups or poetry groups often a lot of these now as a result of us being in post-pandemic era are online so you can also access them wherever you are and you don't actually have to physically be there in person which is wonderful and it also helps if you're maybe a little bit more shy and not yeah. wanting to share your work yet so you can be part of this community online, but also just be privately um, writing away um, wherever you, you are in the world. Um, and so slowly you would start to build up the confidence to maybe go to one of the events in person. And they're normally hosted in some of the big cities here in London, um, Glasgow, Edinburgh, um, Manchester. I know all the UK based ones, Sheffield. I mean, with our students and where they are, I'm sure there's going to be a city near you where they will be hosting a slam poetry event. So I would um, 
just have a look online, Slam Poetry UK, um, and then there's newsletters and events there for you to, to tune into as a starting point. Brilliant. Fantastic. I mean, you can tell what it means to you, which I think is really, really nice, um, really kind of inspiring. And I'm sure there's there's lots of people out there. It's just such a brilliant form of expression. And we all have these emotions that fill our heads and cloud us sometimes. And, and I think finding whatever way that is that you're able to express that um, is is only a, is only ever going to be a really positive thing. Now we're going to move over quite drastically to something different now um, because we do this feature every week. It's called Teacher Liar Pants on Fire. And I am going to read to uh, you and Jack um, three headlines slash facts. Um, two of these things, they're all a little bit wacky and out there. Two of these things are true and one of them is false that I have just slipped in there to try and trick you guys. Um, so I'm going to read them out now and then you two need to determine um, which of these uh, which of these are are untrue. So I'm going to have to perform and make it seem like all three of them are true so you can't read all over my face which <laughs> one I've made up. <laughs> so the first one. Woman jailed for poisoning doppelganger with cheesecake. That is the first. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in just that one alone. Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1,500 Kyles travel to Kyle for the world's biggest gathering of people called Kyle. Oh, that oh please be true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the third one, Mayor of Woking declares June the 2nd an annual pyjama day for their dress code. Oh, wonderful. I'm moving to Woking. <laughs> so the, you've got three there. You've so, got the woman jailed for poisoning her, her doppelganger with a cheesecake. You've got the 1,500 Kyles travelling to Kyle to celebrate Kyle, <laughs> gather together as Kyle. And you've got the mayor of Woking making pyjama day a thing. I want to unpack the doppelganger cheesecake yeah. so she's poisoned her doppelganger i'm assuming because she doesn't like having someone who looks like her um and has poisoned her to try and kill her did she die or was that not in the headline or do we not know it's not in the headline i'm afraid not in the headline because it's made up no um uh, yes <laughs> is that your guess uh, <laughs> no uh, the mayor Pajama day, woking. I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. I, I, I don't think pajama day is a thing that you can have in across a, a t whole town or a city, whatever woking is. Um, I don't. June the second. It's it's near. It would have been in the news if it was recent. I, I'm just firmly believing the Kyle one is true. I, 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 I just because I want it to be. I think. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm um, steering towards Kyle as well, but just pajama day. I think I've heard a lot of um, institutions and organisations doing pajama days, so I think yeah. that could be true actually. So yeah. I, I'm go I think I might go back to the the mayor and Woking in hopes that it could be. <laughs> For me, the lie has got to be the cheesecake, surely the doppelganger. I'm going to disagree then. Okay. I'm going to say the lie is woking um, because 
I, I'm, I, and this is where the game really ruins you because I'm trying to get into Kate's head and I'm thinking uh, Kate will have experienced a pyjama day at school in the past and so ah. it's just blown that story up. Um, but Kate might have also poisoned her doppelganger so it, it is difficult. <laughs> it's very plausible. I, I, I'm going to vote the uh, mayor pyjama day being the lie. You can stick with that. Uh, I'm we can kind of go up against each other. Yeah, I'm doing <laughs> cheesecake as the lie. <laughs> so I'll go through each of them. So um, the woman jailed for poisoning her doppelganger with cheesecake. That is true. No. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, I will. I will find the headline and I will share it because um, yeah, that that really. I was like, wow, this is great. This is perfect for my future. <laughs> um, <laughs> 1500 Kyles traveling to Kyle to celebrate Kyle is also true. So, yeah. Jack, you are correct. The mayor of Woking did not declare wow. June the 2nd as annual <laughs> pajama day. I made that up. Yeah, well done, I, I was also thinking that the mayor of Woking probably doesn't have that much power to, to declare a day, does he? It's, it's mainly a ceremonial role, you'd think. I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> Well done, Jack. I like your thinking there. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> he knows me too, too well. Yeah, that's really annoying because I can never read him. So, obviously, <laughs> yeah, he always gets it right. Um, so, the the last thing really is uh, Jack and I both talk about um, somebody that we think is our MVP of the week. Um, I I've got one actually. And Brilliant. I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've actually got one. Um, Jack, do you want to go first? Yeah, my MVP is you for doing the bare minimum and getting what? No, it's not. Um, <laughs> my MVP uh, is uh, England Lioness manager, uh, Serena Wiegmann, um, because the um, World Cup squad for the Women's World Cup has just been announced. Um, I think it's a brilliant squad. But also, for the first time, I'm very, very excited about uh, a Lionesses World Cup. I, I was really encapsulated by the Euros, mm -hmm. and I've kind of followed them in their friendlies since. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I think that's a lot down to uh, Serena and what she's done with the team to kind of develop it and, and to really build up a, a community and an interest around the team. Uh, so, yeah, Serena Wiegmann is my MVP of this week. Very good, Jack. Um, well, mine, I've gone with a poet. So, oh, yeah, I really know how to play to my audience. Um, so, <laughs> I've gone with Simon Armitage, or Armitage, I never know how to say that. Um, because I was, so when you were talking about this, and, and um, this kind of came to me during our conversation, but I really was reminded of my early teaching career. And I sort of fell into teaching English. It wasn't the subject that I'd studied at school. And so I felt quite out of my depth in my first year um, when I was teaching unqualified. And I remember teaching my class, the poem Give. It was part of the exam oh. syllabus. And as I was teaching it, I was so moved by it. And so was the class. Well, at least they pretended to be. But when we were analysing it and talking about it, it was the first time that I really felt like I connected with my class and connected with my role as teaching them. And so I'd always, I've always loved him and and 
uh, kind of love the the work that he's done but that poem in particular it's about um it's about a homeless man jack in case you don't know it um and it's it's not it's not a very long poem it's it but it's it really really spoke to me it really spoke to me it really made me feel what i think he wanted us to be feeling and think about um our lives and the way that we view these people so i'm that's my mvp of the week amazing brilliant choice I and now you need to decide which one's your favorite oh no is that <laughs> yeah <laughs> one of us wins one of us wins oh, and... no. oh god i can't i think you can i, I think you can I, I, i'd be happy to give it to kate she's gone down the sympathy route she's gone i was really struggling to connect with my class oh, and then this i know i'm so me. sorry jack it is the story there it, yeah. it did it I, emotionally i'm there i'm there with you i'm sorry i mean both well, choices though <laughs> Would it help to know that Serena uh, Wiegmann saved my life when my doppelganger <laughs> tried to poison me oh. with a cheesecake? It's that, that swing in the Okay, I'm back <laughs> with you now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, first answers. We oh. only accept first answers. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you've mentioned the publication that's coming out soon, but what's where can people find some of your work if if they want to if they want to experience some of what you've spoken about? If if you want to uh, read some of what I've done, I would definitely start with um, the poetry collection young girls and okay. that's been published by the 87 press um, and I think they've they've got it it's it's been discounted I think it's on a discount at the moment so it's it's a, it's a nice quick easy you know cheap one to get hold of and it's that one is the one I'm most proud of because I do some sketches in there as well as poems and it's about the life um, and artwork of a Hungarian Indian artist called Amrita Shergill so it's about her life, but it's also about what it means to be a teenager and growing up with feelings of angst and rebellion and trying to find your own way and who you are. So I, I'd, I'd love to hear what what our listeners would think of that. So, oh, yes, that's brilliant. You. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to read that. Um well, so for, for those listening um, at home, as always, you can um, get in touch with us uh, by emailing in podcast at minervavirtual.com, whether that's um, feedback from this episode or more questions or suggested topics, um, what, whatever that is that you want to, to talk to us about, please do get in touch. And you can, as always, follow um, MVA's journey on our socials at Minerva Virtual. So I, th- I think that's it for today. Um, Thank you so much for joining us and and thanks everyone for listening. 